The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com. As always, we want to encourage you to send in your questions for next week's Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. You can do that by calling us and leaving a voicemail at 716-508-0405. Tweet us at rumblingsqna with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. You can send us Facebook messages, Instagram messages. We've got emails today. You can send those to buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can leave comments in the comment section at buffalorumblings.com as well. We want to hear from you. The show is super boring without your stuff. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. We had a microphone malfunction this week during our recording session. So we're using the backup audio that I always record now that we've had problems in the past. So if it's a little bit wonky, that's why. Thanks for sticking around. With the third preseason game in the books, this time against the Detroit Lions, the Buffalo Bills quote-unquote dress rehearsal has been concluded and a bunch of folks have asked me what I thought about the game so that's our question of the week what'd you think about the Bills against the Detroit Lions in the preseason dress rehearsal ramp-up game I thought that the game plan was very interesting and we'll get to a little bit of this in one of the questions that's coming up later but I thought that the game plan where the Bills decided to run the ball a ton where they had been passing the ball a ton with Josh Allen early in the preseason. I thought that that offensive game plan was was really interesting. They decided to hand the ball off to LaShawn McCoy and Frank Orlott. Uh, Devin Singletary got in on the action for his touchdown run. So did Isaiah McKenzie. They did a lot of run-run pass. Um, again, I, I don't put a lot of stock into game plans for the preseason. They're, they're looking for specific things from specific players in some cases or specific things from groups of players in other cases. So maybe they wanted to see how the offensive line was going to block as a as a group because they had been passing so much. So the fact that the Bills were in a bunch of third and long situations really doesn't scare me right now. Um, I, I think Brian Dable knows how to call a game based on his 2018 
performance and what we've seen so far in 2019. I think he knows how to design an offense, and I think he was looking at specific things against the Detroit Lions, which is why we saw a lot of that run-run pass, um, stuff that we've been not seeing in other places. So that really doesn't bother me. Uh, the defense, I thought, played pretty well, considering they hadn't seen a, a first-string quarterback that wasn't Jacoby Brissett. Um, throughout the preseason. Uh, seeing Matt Stafford and uh, TJ Hawkinson and what the Lions were throwing at them was different than what they've been seeing so far. So I thought that the Bills looked pretty good against the Lions. I, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in whether they won or lost the game, but uh, I, I do think that they looked just fine against the Detroit Lions. None of it's really going to matter until the regular season starts, obviously. And so even if they looked great in the preseason, I wouldn't say that that necessarily would translate to the regular season because Nathan Peterman's done that before. We had a great preseason and that didn't translate to the regular season. The, the Bills are setting themselves up for specific things, whether it's roster cuts or identifying which five offensive linemen should be starting. All that stuff was going into the game plan against the Lions. And so I think that for what they were trying to do, that looks great. Our first listener question comes from Travis Smith, who emailed us at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Thanks for all your Bill's content. I have enjoyed it, says Travis. Uh, quick question. I saw Brian Dable talking tempo in his presser. The team seemed to go fast versus the Colts in week one until the score was out of hand. Is tempo a big part of this offense, or was it more of a fluke thing? I think they are trying to get a little bit more of a read on Josh Allen in the first two games of the preseason. They had him you know, with empty backfield sets and five wide receivers. Um, and then in the third preseason game, they completely turned it on its head and went run heavy. I think they were trying to get a look at his as many sets as they possibly could to get a read on guys like Josh Allen, Frank Gore, uh, but more importantly, the offensive line, because that's where a lot of those big decisions were happening. They, With the second team offense, you saw more of a rotation and more of a tempo Matt Barkley kind of offense, but with the first team in particular, they were looking at specific things. They were looking at which five offensive linemen were in there and how they were performing. They were looking at which of the wide receivers as they were rotating in guys in addition to uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley. They were looking at guys who could contribute to the Bills offense as part of the first team offense. So they're, they're getting those kind of things straightened out. Um, tempo is going to be an important part of the game that they want to keep Josh Allen comfortable running the offense and in the pocket. So if he's more comfortable doing the shotgun snap five wide receiver thing, they're going to have him do that at least on good chunks of the, of the game. And you saw that against the Lions in the two minute offense when he was really in command and had his best part of that game uh, was in that two minute offense right before the half. So it, is tempo important? Yeah, obviously it's important. And I think the Bills are going to push the tempo a little bit when they're doing well, but they're also going to slow it down. And you saw that against the Lions early in the game when they were running the ball. So they're going to take what the defense gives them, I think, and, um, and use that tempo piece to their advantage. Thanks for the question. I have Buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com. 
question of the week comes from Mark at BBillsFan30. With how well both Daryl Johnson and Mike Love have performed, is there a chance we keep five defensive ends? Assuming Hughes, Murphy, and Lawson are the top three, if we're only keeping four, is it Johnson? And if so, is there a chance we could trade Love for a late round pick? Well, I'm going to answer the last part of the question first. I don't think there's a chance that they can trade Mike Love for a late round pick. Um, GMs just hold on to their players um, or their picks a lot more than you would think. Marshall Newhouse was traded for a conditional late round pick in the future year last year, and he had a long track record of starting in this league. Mike Love, a depth defense end, isn't going to have that kind of trade value. The Bills will be able to release, uh, will have to release him if they want to get rid of him. They won't be able to trade him. Moving on to the rest of your question, yeah, I, I had um, five defensive ends on my latest roster projection just because I think Love and Johnson have both played very well this offseason, and I think they could be developmental prospects for when they lose Sheck Lawson a year from now. So I do think that the Bills um, are going to keep Daryl Johnson and Mike Love both on the roster. They both performed well enough to be rostered on the 53-man. Uh, I don't think both of them will dress for game days, but uh, you'll probably have four on game day instead of five, but I do think both of them should, should make the roster. Um, it's going to come down to that kind of special team spots and uh, how many depth linebackers they want to keep and what's going on at the wide receiver position more than probably how they've been playing. Both of them deserve to be on the roster, but if they need an extra spot at wide receiver or they need an extra spot at linebacker, um, that's one of the, the places they could look is to, you know, release my glove and maybe try to get him back on the practice squad where he spent a chunk of last year. Um, they, they've both played very well. I've been impressed with uh, Daryl Johnson. I knew what Mike Love could do based on what we saw from him last year, but I've been impressed with Johnson. I wasn't expecting much when he came in as a seventh-round pick. Seventh-round defensive ends usually don't uh, perform very well, but his uh, combination of size and, um, and speed, I thought he was going to need some seasoning in the NFL, especially in the um, nutrition program, to kind of get up to his right weight and because he came from such a small school so I thought it was just going to take him a little bit of time and he's really been impressive in the preseason games and even in practice he's uh he's shown really well so I'm glad that that's a problem that they're having um I wrote a piece about the running backs this week where they're going to have to cut NFL level talent they're going to have to cut guys that are 53-man roster guys either in Buffalo or in other places in years past or this year so they're in a position where they're starting to have good enough depth where they're cutting guys that could conceivably make other 53-man rosters. So um, it's a good problem to have, and um, I don't see them moving on from any of those top three defensive ends either. I just don't see the trade market for, say, a Shaq Lawson or even a Trent Murphy. I don't see the trade market for that. Um, I, I think the Bills are going to go with that, especially with how uh, poor the pass rush has been the last couple of years. They really need to make sure that they get that right. So keeping all five defensive ends would make sense to me. Thanks for the question. At Rumlings Q&A on Twitter. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We got a few different versions of this question, but uh, at Darren Wang, D-A-R-E-N-W-A-N-G, asked us on Twitter, the Texans have to be on the phone to the Bills for LaShawn McCoy. Shady looks great on Friday, and the Bills have running backs to spare. Does a one-year rental on Jadeveon Clowney make sense? Uh, Darren is referring, of course, to the fact that Lamar Miller, the Houston Texans starting running back, went down with the torn ACL in their preseason game over the weekend. Uh, the Bills, I mean, they could be interested in trading with Sean McCoy. I don't really know. They have four or five NFL caliber running backs on their roster right now, uh, which means they have a surplus they could deal from. And they have an expensive aging running back who could present problems in the locker room in LaShawn McCoy. So if they wanted to get rid of him, that would be fine. Um, the other pieces of this conversation don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, the Texans could be looking at the fact that Andrew Luck retired and seeing a path toward the AFC South division championship. Uh, they could be very interested in reloading instead of trying to get a cheaper option. Uh, if I'm the Texans, I'm not taking on that contract. And... If I'm the Bills, I don't like that contract, which is why I guess it makes sense that they haven't traded him yet, because nobody wants to take on that contract for LaShawn McCoy. Uh, obviously, the Bills could use a pass rusher like Jadeveon Clowney, but we just talked about the fact that the Bills have five, you know, a 53-man roster defensive ends that they're capable of rostering right now. Trent Murphy has looked better this year, uh, coming off of his injury from two years ago now. Um, they have... Jerry Hughes back in the fold, even though he's a little bit digged up right now. He's back in the fold, and he's going to be good this season. Uh, they just gave him a contract extension. Uh, they have Shaq Lawson on a one-year rental already. So having two guys heavy in their rotation that are going to be on one-year rentals wouldn't be great. Um, and that one-year part of it really does scare me a little bit because I want the Bills to be building for the long term, not necessarily... 2019. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team in 2019. So you have Jadavion Clowney here for 2019. He does well, and then the Bills don't re-sign him for 2020. And what do you really get out of it? I mean, what are you going to get out of one year of those running backs? I get that, but I just I don't see where it would happen now where it didn't happen back in June or May or April even. So I I still think it's very unlikely that the Bills are going to be in the Jadavion Clowney sweepstakes. I haven't heard anything. At BillsFan365 asks us, who's your punter? Well, the Bills just released Corey Carter with uh, an injury. Uh, he was battling Corey Bajorquez for the punting job during the training camp preseason, and Carter was doing better. But then some knee soreness crept in, and uh, he had to be sidelined in week three. And I guess they didn't think he was going to be ready for week four. So they 
uh, put him on the shelf. Uh, the Bills could, of course, bring in another punter uh, to compete for the job at some point. That's what they did with Borges a season ago. He was released during final cuts from the Patriots. The Bills brought him in and signed him before week one. Uh, it could happen again with the Patriots, who just released their punter last week. And uh, Buffalo could bring him bring him in and uh, have him be the holder for Stephen Hauschka and be our new punter. Obviously a lot of experience there. So it's you know really still up in the air. I, I don't think Corey Bajorquez is the answer. Uh, they need to upgrade a punter if it happens right now, if it happens in week four, if it happens after the season, it's going to happen at some point. Um, I'm hoping it happens sooner rather than later. Thanks for your question at Runlings Q&A. Back to Twitter at Irish Hunter 16, frequent questioner for the podcast, and we really appreciate that. Asks us which position ranked in overall importance are the Bills most likely to address via waivers, recognizing it all depends on who is released by other teams. I think there's really only two positions that we were would see this where the Bills would be adding to their 53-man roster. And I just talked about one of them, it's punter. The Bills did that a year ago after New England cut Corey Bajorquez. They brought him in to replace uh, Colby Schmidt, who was not great in the training camp of preseason the year before. And Corey Carter was on IR with his ACL tear. So the Bills brought in Bajorquez for the first part of the season uh, after making a waiver claim on him. The other position I could see it happening is at offensive tackle. Uh, specifically, if they found someone that they felt could come in and be the team's swing tackle to kind of replace what they thought Adrian Waddle was going to be before he got hurt. They um, have been tinkering with the offensive line depth, um, whether it's Ike Bucker stepping in when Quentin Spain goes down or bringing in you know, the undrafted tackle from the Philadelphia Eagles who then was playing center and they, they've just been really tinkering with the depth on the offensive line and even the starters on the offensive line but they're not going to be able to pick up a starter in waivers um, but if they could get one of those depth players that could play both tackle positions or something like that they would uh, definitely be looking at that on the waiver wire so those are the two positions that I really think um, would be impacted by the waiver wire and I think it does go in that level of importance, punter first, and then offensive tackle after that. Because we're talking about a depth player, hopefully. We're talking about a guy that's not going to see the field, we hope. So um, th that's what I'm thinking. Uh, you can, of course, uh, send in your answers to this question at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter or leave them in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com. At NB Endzone 33 on Twitter, Andrew Ensign asks us, Linebacker is not a much talked about position, haven't seen much from Voshan Joseph. Does he go to the practice squad with the emergence of Thompson and Lacey? Lacey has been a beast in the preseason. The Bills haven't typically given up on their draft picks as easily and as quickly as you're suggesting here, Andrew. Voshan Joseph would seem to be safely uh, inside the roster bubble if they had to um, keep him 
and cut somebody else like you know, Maurice Alexander, who's a special teams contributor, but has you know played in the NFL at linebacker and safety. He's a guy that I actually really like, Maurice Alexander. Um, I would rather cut Joseph at this point in time than Alexander, but that's me. Um, Joseph has been running almost exclusively with the 13 defense in practice and in the preseason. You're going to see a lot of run from him uh, during the fourth preseason game, so maybe that's where kind of the wheat is separated from the chaff in the fourth preseason game. So, uh, I mean, you're right. The depth of that position isn't talked about much because Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are really locked in, and so is Lorenzo Alexander in his role. Uh, But the... The linebacker position has been really fun to watch during the preseason. I'm not really convinced that Deion Lacey uh, is going to make the team as much as you were kind of up in arms that he's been a beast during the preseason. They have a solid group of linebackers behind Edmonds, Milano, and Alexander. Um, Julian Stanford uh, has been getting first-team reps every once in a while, uh, being peppered in and has been taking the second team reps. Corey Thompson is a guy that's been playing a lot. So really, I think it's Voshan Joseph, Maurice Alexander, and Lacey playing for that third spot. Uh, and we'll see who comes out on top after the fourth preseason game. Uh, there's a lot of room still left on the back end of that roster. And if you're going to keep five defensive ends, like I think, like I've been advocating for, I'd rather keep five defensive ends than a seventh linebacker. So... I'd rather have Mike Love and Daryl Johnson than Voshan Joseph and Dion Lacey or Maurice Alexander. Thanks for your question at Rumblings Q&A. At Rory Doolin on Twitter asks us, after the Lions game, seeing a lot of folks on social media calling for Matt Barkley to start. Can you help them understand why Barkley is the backup and why Bills Brass would stick with Allen for at least half of this season? Well, they're going to stick with him for at least all the season, unless he gets hurt. Uh, Allen has a much higher ceiling than Matt Barkley. Uh, He has arm strength that Barkley doesn't. Um, Barkley has been taking what the defense gives him over and over and over again. In the regular season, they would adjust for that. They would um, move safeties up. They would load the box a little bit more, uh, jam receivers to the line. Allen gives them a dimension that they don't have, uh, the ability to throw it down the field uh, with power and um, a little bit of accuracy. Uh, I just think he's, um, you know, an up-and-coming quarterback. I think Barkley's a very talented quarterback. I think he's a top 35 quarterback in the league for sure. Um, and so I, I, I'm not disputing that Barkley has looked good during the preseason. He's just not a guy that I would want to build my team around for the long term. He's kind of the perfect backup. He could, he's a guy that could come in and be serviceable for a few games and uh, kind of get you through. So um, I, I just think Barkley is a much, much higher ceiling. I'm uh, sorry. Allen has a much higher ceiling than Barkley and, um, and, and this is the quarterback of the future. He's going to get at least the year to prove that. Thanks for your question. I'm Rollings Q and a. Last question we're going to sneak in here at the end. Uh, the Chad, T Chad 1110 on Twitter asks us Duke Williams is looking great in the red zone. Do you think we should keep him for that 
in my opinion, I think we should. Yeah, I think that he gives a dimension to the Bills that they don't have on their roster of Smurfs right now. I wrote that um, on Saturday or Sunday uh, when I did a breakdown of the wide receiver depth chart. I think Williams played his way onto the roster with that red zone catch. I mean, it's hard to say that one play um, you know, played him onto the roster. He's certainly been playing very well in the preseason, and he's a guy I wasn't expecting to actually make any impact for the Bills uh, when they signed him from CFL. But his size is different than anything that the Bills have on their roster right now. Um, they worked him in with the first team uh, on Friday night against the Lions, and Zay Jones was playing all game. Duke Williams was playing all game. So I think he's worked his way into the fourth or fifth conversation um, and, and made his way onto the roster. That one play just kind of exemplifies all of that. It's not going to be the reason he makes the roster, but it's just kind of going to be the moment we point to and say, yeah, like, this is what we've been seeing in training camp and in the preseason, and he deserves to be on the team. Thanks for your question. At Rumblings, Q and A. Thanks for sticking around, sound issues, and all this week. Uh, as always, after the Bills 53-man roster cuts come in, before week one of the NFL regular season, we're finally there. Send in your questions. 716-508-0405 is the phone line. You can text us there as well, but voicemail always works best for the show. You can tweet us at rumblings, Q and A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Leave comments in the comment section at buffalorumblings.com. Facebook messages, Instagram messages, all those ways to get in touch with the show. It's here, guys. It's the Bills regular season coming very shortly to a TV screen near you. Go Bills.